Our scripture reading this morning is Colossians 1, verses, starting with verse 15, so the second half of the first chapter. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, that is, the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Amen. Lord, as we come now hearing your word, we ask for your continued blessing upon this time. As the words come for me, may it be your words. May we sense your presence, open our ears and our hearts to what you'd have for us on this day. We pray, amen. One of the unique qualities of being a human being is that we want to make sense of the world that we live in, trying to understand how something came about. For all of human history, in all human cultures, people have wanted to know how life began, how it all started. And they have come up with different creation stories, cultural, religious, faith-oriented stories of how it all began. For the aboriginal culture from Australia, they propose a dreamtime concept of creation. According to Dreamtime creation story, the earth was once flat and barren. There were no animals, birds, trees, water. Bami, 
The maker of all things is believed to have brought the Dreamtime ancestors from beneath the earth and sea, where they lied in eternal slumber. When something was wrong, the rainbow snake would punish the ancestors. But the rainbow snake was also referred to as the old woman who taught humans how to talk and search for food. When the emu ancestor and the, e and the eagle ancestor fought, the latter took one of the former's eggs and threw it in the air, and the egg burst into flames, forming the sun. In the Taoist creation myth, this is the Chinese culture, according to their theory and understanding, there was a time of utter chaos, mist, and emptiness. Suddenly there was a colorful light from which all things sprang up. The mist shook, and everything that was Light rose up while everything that was heavy sank and became solid. The heaven and the earth yielded two strong forces, yin and yang. Left alone, they were capable of destroying the world, but together they can generate balance and harmony. And the belief is that yang created the sun and the moon came from yin. Together they created the four seasons and the five elements and all kinds of living creatures. We, of course, have our creation, our Christian creation story found in Genesis. There's two stories, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, but as we look at Genesis 1, here we see God roam the universe and the waters. He created light, darkness. That was the first day. Second day, God created heaven and separated water from the earth. The third day, he raised dry land and created plants. The fourth day, God made light, the day, and then the lesser night. night. Fifth day, he created all the creatures of the sea and the air. And then the sixth day, God created all the living creatures on earth, male, man, humans, female. And the seventh day was Sabbath, and God rested. The Hindu creation story, this is from India, so Indian culture. Hinduism believes that this is not the first world or universe. There have been and are many more worlds. They are created by Lord Brahma, the creator, Lord Vishnu, the sustainer, Lord Shiva plays the destroyer. These three gods forms the supreme entity. The universe is a vast ocean in which the Lord Vishnu resides. The lotus flower that springs from his navel is the abode of Lord Brahma. And the story of creation in Hinduism mentions that when Brahma gets lonely, he splits himself into male and female. The same for man and beast, and everything um, from different parts, everything comes from different parts of their body. Last one. The Islamic creation story, or Muslims, or Islam religion, states that when God wants to create something, he says, be, and it becomes. And this is how God created the earth and the heavens. He created creatures that walk, swim, crawl, and fly. He also created angels, the sun, the moon, stars. The Holy Quran says that God caused it to rain in torrents and then generated corn and grapes and olives and palms and fruit trees and the grass. Then Allah ordered the angels to bring seven handfuls of soil to different of different colors, and then modeled man out of that soil. He breathed life, and they, in their creation story, as it's 
has the same, actually, history as Christianity. Gave power to Adam and Eve, first man and first woman. What we see in the book of Colossians here in the second half is Paul is expanding on the creation story and our Christian Genesis story. Unique to the Christian creation story is that it answers why anything was created. And it's found here in verse 16. Why are, human, why are humans created? All things, which includes humans, were created for him, for Jesus. Besides being curious about how something came into existence, humans have the unique ability to ask existential questions. These are questions that get to the essence of what it means to be alive, and there are all sorts of existential questions. Um, a few, sort of kind of funny ones with this cartoon, but other ones that are out there, and there's quite a bit, there's just the general ones, there's like, what is the meaning of life? Who am I, essentially? What is my true nature and essence? What is my true identity? What is my greater purpose? How should I live my life? What is death? What happens when we die? Is there a God? And if so, what is God's nature? Depending on your upbringing and previous church experience, questions like those, like that existential questions, may have you come to mind sort of catechism questions or confirmation questions that students at one time and in different denominations maybe had to memorize and answer. This is a classic one from Westminster Shorter Catechism asking, what is the chief end of man? With the answer being, man's, human's, chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. In the Evangelical Covenant Church, we don't necessarily have catechism questions. Uh, the term we use are building blocks. We have building block questions with answers. See, these two are questions that are based on Scripture, with answers based on Scripture. The reason why the covenant uses the term building box is it's an emphasis that the knowledge gained during the confirmation years is to help build the faith. So knowledge isn't the end goal for knowledge's sake. Knowledge is a building block to build the faith. Confirmation students will memorize all or some of these building block questions and answers, with the focus being on faith formation. Well, there isn't a specific building block asking the question, what is the purpose of being human? One of them that we do ask is, what is the purpose of the church? With the big answer being, the purpose of the church is to glorify God. Celebrate new life in Christ. Build up one another in faith and love. Proclaim and teach the gospel everywhere and care for the needs of the world with a key scripture reference of 1 Peter 2.9. The answer to this question of what is the purpose of the church, within that we can see also what is the purpose of being human, to glorify God. Early on in this letter to the church, Paul wants to make sure that they as a church know and understand why they exist as a group, and as individuals. 
Paul is expanding the creation story, explaining that we exist as a people for Jesus. He is telling us the church exists no matter the age of the church, no matter the age of the people in the church, no matter how long people have been following Jesus with their life, whether it be one year or 10 years or 80 years, you exist. The church exists for Jesus. This is important because it is easy to build our lives on something other than Jesus. We might think we exist for some other reason whether it be recreation, or entertainment, or sports, or hobbies, family, friends, experiences, for work, or for the church. These aren't bad. They're not bad. In fact, they are very good. This is life, and it's good to have these things. But it's not good to build our life on them. They add to our life, but they are not our life. They are sand. And what do I mean by that? Well, just looking at two of these areas, we're not going to get to all of them, but two of them. It would be easy for me or for you, for anyone, to build our life around family or around the church. For me, there was a time not too long ago that I found myself on an emotional roller coaster, day to day, week to week. One day I would be doing great, life is awesome, I feel good, and then the next day, or two days later, nothing was going right, life is tough, I just want to get away from it all. When it was time to get out of bed, I would say thanks, but no thanks, I think I'll just keep sleeping. The highs were great, the lows were tough, and I began to wonder, I began to examining, why is this happening? And what I realized, or perhaps what God had revealed to me, is that I was both intentionally and unintentionally building my life on my kid's life. As they were having a good day, then I was having a good day. As they were having a tough day, then I was having a tough day. And I was down. They were on an emotional roller coaster. Why? Because they were teenagers. Did you know? that the life of a teenager is an emotional roller coaster? <laughs> Teenagers, we love you. We love you. But let me off that ride. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I liked it when I was that age, let alone now. My kid's life is no rock to build my life on. Jesus is the rock and the solid foundation to build my life on. And that is where my attention is going to be. When it comes to family, it's interesting. Um, this is what Jesus says, Luke 14. So large crowds were traveling with Jesus, turning to them and said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children... 
brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. So am I to understand that we are to hate family? That, that I would say no. That would be a misinterpretation of Jesus' teaching here. We are to love, to care, to provide, to protect. We are to be there. We are to be present. We are to be available. We are to be supportive. That is what people of faith do. That's just what people do. That's what people of faith do. But family is not our God. Family is not our Savior. Family is not what we are to build our life on. They are not the rock. So, using exaggeration and hyperbole, Jesus points out that our devotion to family, when compared to our love for him, it's to look like hate. Jesus' teachings are hard. They're hard. But they continually prove to be the best way to live life. A second area that could be easy for me, (laughs) easy for you, for many of us, in the faith is to build our life on church. In fact, churches, pastors, both intentionally and unintentionally tell people that they should be doing this by way of asking for and promoting all the different areas that you can serve or promoting all the different events that you can attend. Now, don't get me wrong, please, don't get me wrong. Volunteering, serving, showing up for events are important. Those are the means to community to living out our faith, and to faith growth. But hear what I said. They are a means. They are not the end. Your life is not to be built on church activities. Here's how Paul puts it in Philippians. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. All of the external religious identity markers that Paul did and had, he considered them a loss for the sake of Christ. Now, after meeting Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, Paul no longer built his life on religious service and events, but rather he started to build his life on Christ, which then led to service and events. He now got the flow right. You see how that works? See, Paul went on to plant churches. He went on to disciple other people. He traveled across the world. He wrote much of the New Testament. So it isn't that he didn't serve the church or do church activities. It's just that his service came out of the result of building his life on Christ. For follower of Jesus, being part of a local gathering of believers isn't an option. But that isn't what we build our life on. We build our life on Christ, and out of that flows our involvement, our service, the events. Here's how Jesus uh, puts it in Matthew 7. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is the rock we are to build our lives on. Jesus is the rock we are to build Bethel Covenant Church in the ministry that we do here together on. Understanding why we are created and who we are created for is so important as it leads to the life that we are meant to have. When we get our understanding of Jesus right, then we get our life right. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus is Savior, yes. Healer, baby at Christmas, friend, he's part of the Trinity, miracle worker, teacher. But I can't help but wonder, is my, your, our concept of Jesus too small? Looking at what Paul writes here in Colossians, it's an all encompassing, expansive image of Jesus. He is the creator of the world for all things were created through him and for him. Jesus is the force that holds all things together. He is the head of the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn of the dead. He has supremacy over everything. Jesus is the fullness of God. He reconciles all things through him. He is the peacemaker. Our concept of Jesus is too small when we build our lives on something other than Jesus. Our concept of Jesus is too small when we put our hope in something else other than him. Again, we are created by him for him. Our life is to be lived for him. To live is Christ. Philippians 1.21 May you embrace that and continue to live that out in your life. And as you build your life on Christ, know also that then Jesus is the sustainer. Verse 17, the last part of that. And in him, all things hold together. Thinking about Bethel here, it would be wrong to think that this church is going to be all right if we just get the right pastor. Now that's important, certainly. Or if we just have the right chairperson or if we just have the right council members, or if we just have the right teachers, or if we just have the right location in the country, or if we just have the right layout to the sanctuary, or we're going to be all right if we just have the right events for people to come to, or if we just have the right snacks after service, or if we just play the right music during worship, or if we just have the right colors on the wall, or if we just have the right parking spaces next to the church, or if we just... You get the idea. And you can see how it may be so easy to get that wrong idea to trust the wrong thing. Now, these things are important, and I'm certainly glad to be your pastor, but I am not your sustainer. John Johnson is not your sustainer. 
Tim Peterson is not your sustainer. Joanne Farrell is not the one who holds all things together. Val Johnson cannot do it as well. These are really important people who are here to serve you, the church, and God, but no one, not one person, is the sustainer of all things. By the way, I'm thankful for each and every one of them, along with Kathy and Kathy and Andy and Krista, Debbie and Scott, the council there. Thankful for Will and the music team. Thankful for Sherry. Thankful for the Ruby's Pantry team, the sound team, and others I have yet to meet. Day 21 today, day 21. Going back to Jesus' teaching, you can weather the storm. Not only that, you have weathered the storm. Trust the foundation that your life and this church is built on and know that Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. As human beings, <laughs> we desire to understand, to make sense of the world that we live in and our experiences. We ask big questions such as, why am I here? What is my purpose? How did life begin? Each religion and culture has their version of a creation story. Unique to Christianity, we see today, is that we learn why we are created. Not only are we created by Jesus Christ, but we are also then created for Jesus Christ. As we build our life, our church on him, we can weather any storm. Jesus is our sustainer. Praise be to God. And so we leave today with that commitment to live for Christ and to trust him as our foundation, as our sustainer. Amen. Lord, we thank you for who you are, that you are the almighty God that knows our needs, that gives us life, gives us meaning and purpose. May we sense you each moment of our life and our day, the church here and the ministries that we are a part of. For your glory, God, for your glory. This is our chief end as we live our life. We pray in your name. Amen.